Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Chris O'Neill, welcome to Fearless in Devotion, and it's the 100th episode. Yes, they've said it could never be done, but we got to 100 episodes. Um, some guests will be dropping in as we uh, as we go through this uh, special edition, uh, but no Reese and Limited Tim. So after 100 episodes, the public are finally getting what they want, Liam. Um, remember when Mr. Burns and Smithers ran the nuclear plant on their own? I think uh, I think this episode is going to be akin to that with just you and me. What do you reckon? Probably record record listenership. I reckon got to be be in the thousands, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, that, that's that's his hoping. So hundred points in team celebrate yesterday with hundred goals. A woman even got a fearless in devotion tattoo on a on a collarbone. Was it? Did you see that, Liam? Yeah, I think it was only a natural that there would be a tribute in sort of permanent ink form to this podcast. I'm surprised you haven't got one actually to go with your rather fetching eagle is it a kestrel tattoo well you can't say eagle and kestrel you should have led with kestrel and then yeah yeah you you you've, you've screwed yourself over that i'm <laughs> gonna get fearless and devotion tattooed on my face and i'm not gonna stop on just my face i think every every member of the gilpin household will have a, a fearless in devotion face tattoo by the end of uh by the end of close of play next week right anyway we've sort of mentioned it 100 goals up yesterday um Good day for me. A lot of my friends came up. Um, they got their first taste of Wrexham. So we went to the Mice Gwyn beforehand, had a, had a nice chicken chicken dinner uh, with some bootlegger sauce, which they were questioning what that was. Um, it was just cheese sauce, by the way. Um, and Cal Conley was being Q&A'd by, uh, by the ever-reliable Andrew Pollard. Uh, some good anecdotes from uh, King Carl. Um, and then we took in the match. We're all in different all in different sort of uh, stands due to tickets and how to get them or how not to get them together. Um, we couldn't get corporate, but it became obvious why, considering the world and his wife were there to see uh, Rob and Ryan. Uh, and then we went out on the town. We painted the town red. We went to, let's have a look, started at the turf. No, my, my screen again after the match, onto the turf, down to Top Spoons, uh, horse and jockey, um, where my mate Paul nearly hit his head, uh, down to Sife Serin, and then I took them to the one, the only Checkers. Checkers. Nice. Do you know how much it is to get in to Checkers now, Liam? You have to you have to pay to get in. I mean, that's a revelation in itself. Yeah, you have to pay to get in unless... So half of us just walked in, and that was fine. And I came after, and he goes, four quid, mate. Oh, four quid. They'd have four to pay me four today. quid back in the day. Yeah, to get into to checkers. Um, the floor's but, still sticky. Uh, oh yeah, of course. I saw I saw Loz there, who was saying the same thing as me: four quid to get in. Um, but you know, we we both were in checkers, so we couldn't really uh, we couldn't really uh, you know sort of call each other out on it. So anyway, I've got some quotes from my friends about what they thought about Wrexham. So this is firstly from Essex Dave. Uh, he's from Essex, by the way. Uh, <laughs> York couldn't lay a glove on them, and that display alone, the title running should be a procession. That's what you thought about the team. 
I, I asked him about the town. He said, the town surprised me. Had all the requirements needed for a night of debauchery. And in Chequers, we found as close to chasers as the office as possible. <laughs> I said, why surprise? Better or worse? He said, much better. Thought it would be like a scene from Deliverance. Um, so I think that's a backhanded compliment. Um, Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, he's from Chelmsford, so that's I've been there. That is no great shakes. Right, Paul Barrett said, uh, um, it was good to see the town buzzing with Wrexham fever, a lot of shirts being worn late into the night from young lads to old ladies. I, I, I mean, I just said, all right, Mr. Corporate PR approved quote. <laughs> is that, that's not, not the Paul Barrett we have to add in case anyone wonders. No, no, Paul Barrett wouldn't wouldn't go through a PR agency for his quotes. He'd just be he'd just be right in there. The, the real Paul Barrett, yeah, fake Paul Barrett with his with his stage managed quote. And I said, "Come on, mate, anything fun about the day?" And he just sent me a picture of Sife staring with some big lad uh, staring at one of the barmaids. So yeah, that must be the bit that that likes he likes. Uh, Nathan replied, "Mendy was shite." Um, hmm. Well, yeah, the pep talk that J- Jacob Mendy needs for a bad game. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Uh, and uh, John Court has has another uh, little anecdote on 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 checkers. He went into the toilet and there was diarrhea everywhere, and there was a vicar DJ. So those oh. are the two things that he liked. The clergy so, have gone into DJing. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, I've got to do some. Yeah. Oh, well, no, let's not get into that God debate. <laughs> um, uh, can I just say that the night ended by us finding a punching machine in the old Swan. Um, we won. So we all had to go with that. Did you win? Uh, I got I got over seven hundred, which I was pleased about. But <laughs> Paul Barrett, d- despite having uh, a, a broken, shattered collarbone, actually uh, got got the highest. I think he got about eight hundred odd. Right. Anyway, <laughs> come on. We ain't got we ain't got much time. Um, let's talk about the game. First off, Ben Foster. Did you think it was a big call to to drop him in? <sighs> It was one of those where you think when he comes in and, you know, the amount of publicity it attracted, I thought surely they'll put him in. But at the same time, you know, you have to weigh up the fact that it does seem a tad harsh on on Mark Howard. But, yeah, I was I was surprised to see him, but not unpleasantly, shall we say. He looked pretty assured, didn't he? I mean, from coming and taking the first sort of ball, it looked like he, he you know, he, he, he has confidence in his own ability, doesn't he? Yeah, and there's there's just different facets to his game as well. You know, commands his area well. But I think people were quite surprised by those sort of low kicks he was flying to the midfielders. Yeah. Really got some yeah. of the moves going quite quickly. Um, so you can just see he's got class about him. But there was that one hairy moment where if it was poor old Mark Howard, knowing his luck, it would have probably uh, conceded a goal. But it didn't cost us. And I think overall he looked really good. I think if you've been retired for nine to 12 months, you're allowed a shaking moment on your first day back after two training sessions. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Foster played well. I thought he looked assured, calm. I can just see that defensive unit growing in, in strength, to be honest. Um, any other standout players for you? I thought that uh, Barnett was a very worthy man of the match. Um, it could have been a couple of others. I think like Satoza, maybe Tunnicliffe. Yeah, yeah, all had a really good game, but I just like how positive Barnett is out on the wing. You just took on his man. He actually beats his man as well. He's not one of these who knocks the ball into space and can't quite catch up with himself. Just really good, really dangerous. And I think on another day, a couple of, I think Mullin particularly in the first half would have eaten up that header. Um, yeah. But yeah, really good. 
Uh, just one last thing, uh, preempted by my mate Nathan. Uh, Mendy didn't have his best game, but I'm not worried about him. I think there's still a hell of a lot of potential there. Uh, and if you cannot have your best game, still win 3-0, you can go away, think about it, and come back stronger for the, for the next game. So I'm not worried there. Yeah, I don't think the gods were on his side, particularly when <laughs> it was just summed up by that time he he sort of cut in and had a shot on, a, on another day. We know he can score those, but it just went completely into the stand but as you say if you can have a bad game have it in a 3-0 win right uh let's bring tim in on this because i can i can see him lurking in croatia in split airport um tim um nice to see you are you yeah yeah okay that that is you tim is the title race done um yeah no it's not done yet is it but we're, we're in a very 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 strong position so yeah things are looking good i thought yesterday um had all the hallmarks of the championship winning side, just turned it on when it mattered, had some really nice passages at play, scored goals at crucial times, just when you thought we might oh, squeeze over the line with a one dealer, just kept on going for it and ran out worthy and deserved 3 0 winners. So yeah, it's not done, is it? Because we're Rexham fans and we know it's never quite done. There's, there's there's still a little twist somewhere, but I'm hoping it's gonna be in our favour. Um Watch his watch space. I, I just think I think if we beat Oldham, if we get something out of Halifax, and the, the pressure's really on those carrying that game, then so you know, if you get between four and six points in the next two, then I think you can start, you know, one, one hand with the trophy. I think at that point, right? Quick word before we introduce the more guests for the Ryan and Rob visit, but also the big news today, which is the massive turnout for the uh, for the women's game. Um, Liam, were you able to go? I couldn't, unfortunately, because I was driving back down to London. No, I followed it on um, S4C, though. Managed to watch it live on there. Some really good goals. Sort of typically for Wrexham, quite a, almost nervous at stages. But um, I think their class just shone through at the end. Um, nice 2-1 win. And my auntie actually made it onto the S4C coverage, sporting a rather nice dragon hat. So I think she's globally famous now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw that. It's it's all it's it's broken Twitter, which is <laughs> in pieces, Liam, because of that dragon hat. Um, <laughs> did you get to see much of Ryan and Rob? I know you're that side of the uh, the the stadium. Did were they uh, were they, they enjoying were... the matches? Yeah, definitely. They were uh, the first, so um, Saturday's game. Um, Ryan came down to the quiet zone as he does to pay a visit to some of the younger fans. Um, he's also handing out uh, some nice merch, some nice branded caps out. Um, looked like they're thoroughly enjoying it. Had their, I think they both had their whole families there. Um, it's quite emotional, really, seeing you know them all involved in the celebrations today. Um, it just showed how much it meant to everyone at the football club. They promised that they were going to get the women's game, you know, up on a profile, and they've gone and done that. Um, yeah. So yeah, really good scenes. Yeah, they have indeed. Well done all there. Right, thanks. Uh, 100 pods in, there's only one guest we wanted. Friend of the pod, Andy Morell. How are you, Andy? Uh, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, no, no. Well, you absolutely love picking your brains. You know, um, former manager, sees, you see quite a lot of us this uh, this season, haven't you? Uh, I have, yeah. I get to do the radio quite a bit, so... Um... Uh, and a bit of BT, I suppose you could say, so on the side, so... Um... Yeah, I've, I've probably done 12, 13, 14 games this season. And um, yeah, who can't be impressed? Yeah. 
I mean, what, what, what games have you got coming up? Do you think you could uh, you could witness a promotion party at all? I, I, I absolutely hope so. Yeah, I've got um, I've been given the Notts County game, which is a big game, which is great. And then we've got the I've got Barnet and Torquay away. So yeah, three out of the last seven is it or six left? I think um, it yeah, it's a, a good number to get, and hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be one of those, and I'll be there to to see it actually happen. Yeah, actually happen. I was going to say, are you lucky? But um, I don't think luck enters into it a much at the, at the moment. I mean, what I mean I by that is, are you sort of... I think anyone who goes to watch them today yeah. <laughs> is lucky because they seem to just win, don't they? They've got a remarkable uh, win ratio this season. They just don't lose many games to this season. It's um, whoever goes and watches them is very, very disappointed if they don't win. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Fair enough. I, I was saying earlier, I had a couple of couple of mates who came up to watch watch them for the first time yesterday at the, at the race course, and they were they were just impressed by by how professional that team is and how strong it is, how much depth there is there. Yeah, and it's uh, it's frightening uh, to see that they can go. You know, transfer a deadline. I know that that was a rule that just got changed this summer, but it's but it's been massive. Uh, because the three that they've brought in are, are really strong. They're able to bring Cannon in halfway through the season. Do you know what I mean? And these these lads have just taken the team to a to another level. And it's exactly what you need at that time when you when you're looking around the changing room. You think things are hard, and it's just getting a bit tricky, and games are getting a bit tighter. To bring in fresh faces just lifts the group. Everybody wants to impress the new ones coming in and show how good they are. And and the group's just gone on and on. And uh, to be able to bring in, you know a foster and and a cannon light in, in the middle of the season it just it can just bring board you up to, to hopefully the, the end goal which is promotion I, I was going to ask you about foster did you, did you you didn't play with him did you no um i i missed him uh, i think i played against him somewhere along the line um but uh no a, a, a big character uh a big voice uh in in the changing rooms and on the pitch you know i was surprised to see him start with so little football this year, but a uh, uh, big call by Parky, but he's made a few of those this season and he seems to have got them right. Do you think, I know you said it's a big call by, by Phil. Do you feel, uh, do you feel a little sorry for, for Mark Howard? He hasn't really done much wrong, has he? Uh, no. <laughs> Mark Howard's issue is that you've got Rob Lainton in the wings who has been injured all season and everybody believes is the best goalkeeper in the league. And, uh, and Mark Howard has done a, an astounding job for the first 30 odd games of the season and kept the team really in good order. Not really made any massive howlers, a couple of mistakes here and there, but what keeper, what keeper doesn't. Um, yeah. And then to get to the business end of the season and, and have Langton come back in, which was a, a big bonus for the squad and the team, you know, he is a really, really good keeper. He took that really well. And then he's, you know, the Langton injury is, has meant that they've they've gone out for another keeper and they've brought in a, an ex Premier League one and I, f- I feel for him a little bit because um, I think he's done really well uh, and he's he's been an assured head behind a very very good back three. Yeah, I mean, does this sort of, sort of suggest to me that you might not play for Wrexham again? I think his his contract's up at the end of the season. Would you would you sign a new one with a club that have dropped you well twice really in in the space of like a, a month or so? Um. It depends on life, I suppose, and, and where you are. You know, he's obviously at the back end of his career, and is he local? 
indie or local enough so he doesn't have to move house and all that sort of stuff comes into it. But um, I'm sure that him and Layton would have a, a, a right good go at, um, at League Two, if that's where it was, or another one in, in the National League. You know, you just don't know how long this Foster deal will be. I know it's just a, a eight games to the end of the season. So you just, you never really know. And you never spite, put your nose off spite your face, do you? I think he'll keep his options open. And he may still have a part to play in this because, you know, a, a player that's not played all season coming in for a game or two, it, it, you never know what might happen to him. So he's got to still stay fit, focused and, and around it because I think he might potentially have a, a part to play in the rest of the season still. Were you surprised that Ben played so quickly? Because I tell you what, I was. When I, first, when I saw the deal, I put on Twitter, what experienced doc-friendly backup we've got there. Uh, and then I started listening to interviews with Ben Foster and he did not see himself as backup at all. Even so, I can understand, you know, you, if you're a top level player, you've been signed, you want to play. Even so, just two training sessions and he came straight straight in. Well, you, unless Phil's seen something in those two training sessions that he's really liked. Um, but they did it with Lee Camp as well last last year and, and he didn't he didn't play or didn't get a chance to play. Um and so I thought it was going to be a sort of a similar idea to that. He'd come back up, be a great around the changing rooms and, and a voice around and a real good experienced head to give the lads a real jolly up to, to get over the line. But uh, but not that. He's he's phoned to wife and thrown him in and, and it's worked a clean sheet and and three points. You, you can't beat a better de- debut, can you? Yeah, I mean... I t- after to play a full match after not playing for for so long, even like retiring. I mean, is that something you did in your career at all? I mean, when you were at Tamworth, did you sort of put the boots back on? And how difficult was that? I was I was player manager, so, but I was playing less and less as I went through. Um, it's not easy, and the body certainly feels it the day after or three days after um, right. you've played since that. But uh, yeah, the running's not too too hectic, is it? Um, for Wrexham from now on in just got the, the Saturday Monday over the Easter holidays so no he should be alright but as I, as I said before I think adrenaline was probably has probably got him through it in the first game and, and probably will do for the rest of the, the season and uh, again and mentioned for, for Mark Howard and his professionalism with the way that he, he went about the game and he was out with the keepers warming up and I'm sure backing the, the keeper that, that Ben that when he was in goal to, to get the three points because that's what's needed. How how easy is is that to do for a manager? You know, it's a great option to have to be able to bring in a player like that. But is it just a, simply a case going out there and saying, "Oh, I want a former Premier League keeper," and then he just integrates naturally into the side? That strikes me as a big call to make. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but he's, he has made bold decisions already this season. I think, um, and he's not afraid to make them and to throw him in. And maybe it is one of those he saw something in training that he thought, hang on, let's just get him in and, and see how it goes. And one game, it might lift everybody. It might lift the the, the fans as well to get him in and get him on, get him playing. Um, so there's there's numerous things behind the, the scenes that I'm sure he's he's thought about before making that the big call of, of chucking him in. Yeah, I mean, I think our fans have been giving um, Phil the credit he deserves this season, but I don't always see it from fans of other clubs and I guess with your manager's hat on how hard is it to do what Phil's done you know in terms of the home form 
the away form. I think we're on something like 2.5 points per game or something like that at the minute. Yes, yes. Rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> um, no, I... Uh... I think massive plaudits has to go to to Phil for first assembling a squad that is he's obviously been backed and with big big money, but you still have to pick the players. You still got to put them in a formation. You still got to get them to play for you, and he's certainly done that. And the other thing I think that he's managed really well is the group. You know, the the players that aren't playing when you're on a winning streak are the ones that are the difficulty because they want to be playing as well. And if they're not playing, they're not happy normally, but. When you're winning, they can't really say a lot. And that's what they've done all season. But he's managed to really rotate the squad and put players in and pull players out when needed, that he feels need a rest or need a couple of games out or giving them time to themselves. And I think he's done that absolutely fantastically. And that only comes with experience of what he sees with his eyes and what what feedback he's getting from the analysts, etc. And uh, yeah, he, he, you know, he just pulls, you think there's a player of the season in, he's pulled him out. You know, in in Luke Young and pulled him out, giving him you know two or three games out of the team, and it just sends a message to everybody else that you you know we've we've got people here that will go into your place and maybe keep it if you if you're not right up to scratch. I was going to ask you about the Luke Young thing. I mean, it's uh, it's another one that has some fans scratching their heads because obviously he's your captain. He brings a lot of energy into midfield and. Um, he sort of disappeared off the scene a little bit there. Do you, do, you, do you see anything other than just resting him? Is there any sort of anything else we could really read into that situation? Or is he just a, is he just a victim of, of a very strong squad? I, I think it's that. Uh, it's, it's one of those. And I think maybe uh, he did see some, uh, um, some fatigue in him, I suppose, um, to bring him out for the game. And then, I think definitely the yellow card situation played a, a part in the, the second game that he let was left out for as well because there was no point in risking him. But then the, the lads that have gone in have, have absolutely ripped it up, haven't they? You know, dagging them away, etc. They've, they've really played well and it's very, very difficult then for a manager to to say, you know, I'm going to change a team that's that's performing really well. They deserve to go in, they deserve to take their chance and if they do, it's, it's their shirt to keep. But I, I felt that he was the tempo of the team yeah. Young, the first 30 games, he was the one that was setting the tempo, going, running, going, uh, pressing, and, and the rest of the group would follow him. And uh, But other people have taken that mantle up, you know, when he's not played. You know, James Jones have stayed in the team after going out for a bit, and he's done really well. Cannon come in and looks a real baller, doesn't he? And uh, somebody that can shift the ball around the pitch really nicely, and you're not going to shove Elliot Lee out of the team that quickly after... I think he's a, a different gravy at, at this level. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a trait, that, it's a, something that Parky does quite often, actually. Bring a player in and then you don't see him for ages and you think, hang on, are we signed a dud here? Or is he, is he you know, is Parky not liking behind the scenes? I'm going to give you an example of Jordan Tunnicliffe, who yeah. didn't play for the first, I don't know, at least 10 games. Came in, yeah. I actually think he's pushing man of the match. Now, I know it's a lovely thing to be able to do, but do you think Parky has been able to get them on the training ground for that time to integrate them with the, the squad and the, and the players and, and almost make them hungry? So when they do come in, they're absolutely desperate to keep that shirt? Yeah, I think I think there's a part of that. But I also think when Tony Cliff came, he wasn't fully fit, I didn't think, right at the start of the season, which meant Max State played and, and Max was awesome. You know, he was brilliant for the first 15 games of the season where he left off last season. 
he really took the game by the scruff of the net. He, I thought he, he, he's a very, very good player. And I thought his form, he was the one that was the easy one to drop, if that makes sense, because you're not going to drop Tozer. You're not going to drop Hayden because he scored billions of goals. So you're going to just, he would be the easier one to drop. But because he was playing so well, I think Parkey had to, had to keep him in because it, it would it would um, send a message to the rest of the team if he pulled him out when he was playing so well. I think it sent the wrong message. And then just at the right time, like he's done on a lot of players, he he, he pulled Max out of the team and, and put Tony Cliff in. And like you say, Tony Cliff's like sat there going, 15 games, what's going on? I want to be playing, gets, his, gets in, and he's absolutely desperate to stay in. And I think he's been sensational signing. Uh, I, I said it at Solihull away. Um, he, he was great, he scored, and I think he's been magnificent and he's been a brilliant addition to the, to the squad. And I think him and Tozer and Hayden are, are a real, real strong three. And then you've just go and sign you know, one of the best centre-halves out of League One because you can just when you've got an injury, you know, and, and that was the difference from last season to this season, you know, when Hayden, when we lost Hayden, replace him, you know, and as as good as Max and well as Max played, it just, it just didn't, um, it just couldn't get over the line, but you can just go and strengthen with with one of the best centre-halves in League One and again, it lifts the group and it just shows the just zero weaknesses in this in this squad. No, yeah, no. Do, you think that, do you think that's the, the main difference, the, the strength in depth? Or can you see anything, perhaps not in terms of formation, but tactically that Parky's tweaked at all? I, no, I, for me, I, I think he's had a plan right from day one that he came into the building that he wanted to play 3-5-2. That was going to be his thing. He, he played it relentlessly from the start and people were moaning at it, but they just didn't have the players to play it. He put Palmer in next to Mullin and it's a completely different pairing up top. You put the right centre halves and you get pacey wing backs that they've got Mendy and Barnett. They've been brilliant, haven't they? Uh, with Ford and you know the the names are just rolling off the tongue. There's about thirty of them. But, um, they are. Um, he's got the players now to play the style that he wants, and it shows. Um, and I think the squad depth is is right. You know, you, there's no no disrespect to Macalindans and you. Callum McFadden could have had brilliant, brilliant careers, but they are they're nowhere near the first team now. And they were on your bench and, and pushing and and around it. They've just gone stronger and stronger. And you know, there's no reason why this whole ball pushing momentum thing won't won't continue. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I, I sort of see two levels of signings that Parky has made. Like one sort of level to get us out of this league, and then also a sort of another sort of player he's looking at a sort of player that can come through the leagues with Wrexham. And what I mean by that is the likes of Toza, the likes of Foster, even the likes of Palmer maybe, they are to get you out of this league. You know, they're experienced, but maybe they won't be around in, in two or three years. But, you know, the likes of O'Connell, the likes of, I think, Mendy, Barnett, uh, Cannon, I think they're the sort of player that, that, that will become the centre of this team. And I sort of think that... You could you could probably get to quite high up in League One with that sort of player. Yeah, I think I think the mix is really good with the the new younger ones that they've brought in. They're still twenty three. They've played a lot of games, and so they're re- they're really giving the, the group a, a huge boost of energy around the likes of your Tozers and your, your Stallthorpe, your, your Palmers, you know Mullin. 
you know, in Mullen, you've got the best striker in the in in the league. Him and Langstaff are a joke, aren't they? But um, I I still I think that he has gone a little bit younger in his recent um, acquisitions, thinking with with his eye on the ball that they're going to be with the club for two or three years and really progress the club and understand what it's like as a group that they are to get up get up and, and keep this momentum going. Andy, with seven or eight games left, we've got a title running. I want to take you back to 2002 and three, where last time we got, we obviously got, got promotion. You were a massive part of it. So if you sort of like go back to the season before, I mean, Brian Flynn had left, uh, Dennis Smith had steadied the ship, but you know, that team was used to losing, unfortunately, and and went down. It, you know, it had, it had terrible run of losses. Did you sort of think yourself at your, at that age, you, that maybe you wouldn't get a shot? Maybe, you know, maybe it just wouldn't happen at Wrexham. Uh, I did. Yeah. And then it was the, the last three games of that, that season when we were, when we were relegated, I was a sort of a bit part player that season um, with Craig Falkenbridge being the, the mainstay, but he made it known that he was leaving. And so once we were down, it was sort of, it was made clear he was going to go. And so he, you know, Dennis pushed him to one side and said, you can go and leave and we'll look to next season, which was Lee Jones and, and myself, Hector Sam. Uh, and we got an opportunity in the last few games to, to have a go. And um, I think the last game... Was it five 0 We beat Cambridge five 0 on last yeah. day. We were gone down, and was it Jonah scored five or five? He did, yeah. I can remember no. in, in the uh, in the evening leader uh, holding the uh, holding the football five five fingers up. A Les Evans uh, special, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, and so from that, I felt I felt really positive about the, the following season, um, and I hope that I would get more of an opportunity off the off the back of it. Um, Obviously, I had contract talks and stuff, but with Falkenbridge leaving, it sort of left a gap. And Joey really liked me. Uh, and Dennis kept me around it, so he obviously liked me as well. But I don't think he ever thought that it would it would go as well as it as it did the following year. Yeah, I, th- I think we've asked you this before, but sort of in that pre-season, did you see strengths everywhere in that squad? Had he, you know, he bought well, he'd, he'd, he'd got a system as well, hadn't he? Well, he'd, he'd worked out from the players he had and who he could bring in, what system would work. And it was quite interesting. We might go up again with a 3-5-2, considering the last time we went up with a 3-5-2. But could, did you sort of like see from who he brought in, from with the pace on the wings, yeah, I think we can do well here. Yeah, and I think a few things fell fell right for him. You know, uh, it didn't fall right for uh, Wayne Phillips getting injured no. in the first game. He had a really good pre-season looked a real bundle of energy in midfield and, and right wing back and then got injured in, in the first game, which sort of left a spot and we didn't really know what to do. So they, so we sort of moved Carlos there for a little bit and it turned out to be an absolute worldly of a decision, didn't it? Because he was, he was sensational. And, um, but yes, I, I, Dennis had a way of playing. He knew how the 3-5 or the 3-5-2, the 5-3, whatever you want to call it, uh, shape works. He was relentless with it. And we didn't, I felt we didn't lose that many players. The squad stayed relatively close together um, and we had some real ballers in there. Do you know what I mean? Some really good players, Fergie being the, the main one really in, in the centre and he sort of built a team around him. How can we get the best out of him? Well, let's put legs around him with Ozzy, Paul Barrett, Jim Whitley. Do you know what I mean? Those types of players around him. Well, let's put 
legs around Bry Carey in the middle because we know that he can talk everybody through a game. So let's put Dennis and Dan Bennett or Pedgick or, you know, Steve Roberts, whoever it was. On, and I think he just felt that the spine was was really strong if we had plenty of legs around it. And that's that's definitely what we what we ended up with. Yeah, I mean, there's you can draw parallels between that team and this team, I think. You know, experienced keeper, um, absolutely, you know, a, a veteran centre-half, you know, two yep. younger lads either side, pace on each wing. Um, come on then. Should we should we try and put together an eleven of both both these teams? You, so, it, I was thinking about this the other day. Who would get in the team now? Do you know what I mean? Okay, it was a league above. You have to yeah. you've got to remember that as well. So, but it was hard, in it. <laughs> who's, who's your keeper? If, if Leighton's fit, is he is he is he above Dibs? I I probably would. I love Dibs to bits because he was a mentalist. Um, but. Um, he, uh, he, he, yeah, I think Leighton's kicking is probably just a bit better than Dibs. Dibs couldn't really reach outside the box at his age. So, um, <laughs> he, uh, but he yeah. was great fun. He was brilliant around the place. And I know Leighton's are good around the, the training ground as well. So it'd be touch and go with that, but probably Leighton's kicking probably just, just nicks it. Liam, who are you going for a right wing back? It has to be Carlos for me, just because. When you think what that man went on to as well, you know, his achievements throughout his career, I, I, I don't think you could keep him out of the team with anyone, even with this season's squad, I don't think you could. I tell you what, if Ryan Barnett plays in a World Cup, he can have that right wing back. <laughs> off Carlos. Andy, any complaints with that? No, I, I, I agree with that. I think that Ryan Barnett has got... a. Uh... A real good future ahead of him. I think he he looks outstanding with the ball. He's a real dribbler like Carlos was, but um, and I hope he has the similar career to Carlos. But I think the way that Carlos went on and and played so many games in the Champ and Prem, now I think you've got to I think you've got to stick him in, haven't you? Now I I agree. I agree. So we'll do right centre half. I'm going to make a I'm going to make a pick this time. I can't think you can't look past Aaron Hayden. So strong in both boxes, got goals in him, and he's got the potential to 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 go on to to play at a lot higher level. I I think it's Hayden all day long. What do you think, Andy? Uh, yeah, it depends who you're putting him up against, really. Um, out of the the Oldens, um, be Steve Roberts. Yeah, it'd probably be Steve uh, or Dennis, I suppose. I've always thought Dennis was as more of the, the left side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Dan Bennett played on the left side a bit and Pedge played on the right. So, I yeah, I love Steve to bits. He was a proper baller and if not for injury, I think he would have had a, a, an amazing career as well. But like you say, I think Aaron Hayden's got, he's got everything. I don't think he's probably as, as good on the ball as Steve was, but uh, he was he's an animal in both boxes, isn't he? And um he, he can travel with the ball as well, so I'd probably, I'd probably put because he scores eleven goals as well, so that helps, doesn't it? Right, this is a difficult one, Toza or Big Bry. Now, who firstly who would win in a fight? Because uh, I, I think Big Bry would. Yeah, well, off off memory, off one of the games, Bry came in and he wasn't best pleased, and he picked the tray of cups up and chucked it across the room when <laughs> he wasn't best, you know, wasn't happy with what was going on out there, so. We all dive for cover, so um, yeah, I, I I would 
Um, I know Toza's got the long throw, uh, but Big Bri was just an in, uh, a leader in the trenches with you and uh, and a proper baller taught you through a game and was you'd, you'd follow him anywhere because, you know, he'd put his body on the line. So I'm and the career that he had, he played for some massive clubs as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, Big Bry. Liam. Yeah, I think Big Bry as well. D- not just for nostalgic purposes, he was an absolute rocking defence. I remember that season, such a crucial part of the team. I just can't look past him for that. No, all right. Um, uh, both sensational right. professionals, though. Both really, really, you know, toes around him. You know. Mm. Both. I think if Reese was here, he'd be back in Tozer, wouldn't he? Reese Williams, he's a big Tozer fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's not here, so he's uh, I'm sorry, but fuck him. Um, <laughs> uh, right. So Jordan Tunnicliffe or Dennis Lawrence, two completely different oh sort of styles here. Oh. Andy? No, you go first. <laughs> um, I love Big Den. Uh, I love the character of him. I love the fact that he wasn't he wasn't great, and he admits he wasn't great when he started, but he found a way. He could travel mm. with the ball. He could be de- de- uh, dangerous in both boxes. Um, I think him and Hayden would oh. be absolutely a nightmare for for defenders to to you know to to deal with the other box. Shame we don't have a long throw, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I'm going Big Den all day Carlos long. Had a long throw. Carlos had a long throw. Did he? Oh. Yeah. His was Believe a rock. Yeah. Great. So uh, we've got a long throw. <laughs> I, um, again, I, I've got a lot of time for, for both of these players because I think they're, they're very good players. Um, I would, again, go off. They're both leaders. Um, they're both really good talkers. They both put their bodies on the line. Um, again, I think Probably I'd just fall on the side of Big Den just purely off the back of the career that he did have. And, you know, I think you, it's underestimating what a voice he had and what a leader he was on the, on the pitch when, when, when needed. And like you say, that to, to come through the adversity that he has and did when, uh, when things and people were getting on top of him, I think that, that takes a, a big amount of credit as well. Liam, can you look past Big Den? I don't think so. I mean, the thing I would say is that in Tunnicliffe's favour is that he has, he has been the difference for us at times in defence this season. When we look really rock solid, it's because Tunnicliffe's just sending every ball that comes in straight back, straight back at them. Um, but when you look at what Dennis achieved in his career, he's another one. Did he make it to the World Cup? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he played yeah, at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you just can't look past that experience he had really really calm as well once he once he settled into the team really calm player and the sort you'd want you leading you into battle so really love ton of cliff but big done for me yeah it's, it's like that though isn't it you know you can look back on the lads careers that that we've had in that yeah. in that promotion season you can't look back on barnet or tony cliff because you just don't know where they're where, where they might take this club up into the champions you know and they've had unbelievable careers then so you know it's a bit unfair on that but <laughs> oh i mean i think, think we'll be all right <laughs> uh so left wing back we've got either mendy or or edwards liam do you want to go first on this one yeah um a bit from people looking back at that that team that there was one or two didn't rate Paul edwards quite as high highly but i really liked him i really liked having him and Carlos Edwards on either flank. 
maybe a player who I don't know if he went on to do as well as as some of the others. He was perhaps sort of later in his career. I like Mendy as well, but for me, the thing stopping me from nominating Mendy at the moment is I'm still uncertain about him in regards to he looks really good on, on the attack and score some decent goals, but I've just not seen enough of the defensive side of his game from yet. So as much as I don't want to keep nominating players from the one squad, I'm going to go Paul Edwards for me. Yeah, I think um, I think we do a lot of attacking at the moment, and I think Mendy is crucial to that. But there will be times where we get tested, especially as we go up the leagues. And I think, yeah, we haven't really seen as much of that side of his game so I, I'm sort of I'm edging towards Eddie as well. Andy, what do you think? Uh, I I would probably just come down on the side. Of Eddie. Um, I think Eddie was sensational. We like, but very 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 one-footed. Um, and if you had any uh, sensible or decent uh, fullback, I think you could have potentially snuffed Eddie out, but nobody understood it and nobody really um as good as as good as Eddie was, his, his cropping wasn't wasn't fantastic, but his energy was really, really good. And I just think probably I'd just touch on maybe maybe Mendy just off the back of both footed and and can go both ways. Um but Eddie did score a brilliant goal, didn't he? That that season. One of them we dribbled in, I think Bournemouth or something like that. Um scored a, a sort of brilliant goal it's a tough one that one I think that's a toss of a coin really probably yeah I think that's probably the closest so far what isn't close is uh, the a sort of defensive mi- midfield role I think it's probably O'Connor against Fergie here and there's only one winner for me <laughs> there's, there's only one winner for me I thought he was the, the best player the, and he's one of the best I've played with in my career um, I thought Daz was Sensational as a leader, as as a driver of standards, uh, and as a and as a person, I thought he was a, an exceptional guy. He was playing well below the level he should have he should have played at um, for the majority of his career. I felt, but he was comfortable and happy, so that, that that's the most important thing. So I would go, I'd go Daz, but I certainly think that O'Connor has really stepped up this year and and, and he's made a big difference, especially to the away form. For Wrexham, um, with his, with his performances and you know, added a couple of goals to his game as well. So I felt that yeah, um, Daz was a, a different different gravy. But I have been impressed with O'Connor this season. I think he's um, he's come on leaps and bounds. I think he looked really comfortable centre mid. He made the that uh, the important decisions when the, when it's a bit frantic. He's able to take the ball and make a pass, which I think. They've potentially missed Wrexham when when things are when they're under the cosh a little bit, and that's exactly what what Fergie did. So um, I think he's got a big future uh, as Tom O'Connor, but I, I I have to come down on the side of Daz. Sorry. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. I think I think O'Connor is one. What, what you sort of said earlier about you know some of these players are on the right side of history, but um, you know O'Connor might be. I see O'Connor as having the most potential. In, in that Wrexham squad. Uh, I do think he can probably go on to play championship, if not higher, and maybe even international. I mean, I do think he's that good because he's still young, he scores goals, and he plays a number of positions. Uh, Liam, what do you think? Yeah, the potential for O'Connor is absolutely massive. And after 
bad time with injuries when he first came in. You can see why he was brought in for the amount he was. Um, I think he could go as high as he wants to, but just for the fact that we saw so many years of Ferguson and s- such a good midfielder, and like Andy says, I'm surprised he, he didn't play at a higher level, but thank God for us as Wrexham fans uh, that he stayed. So yeah, Darren Ferguson for me. Um, I think it gets a bit harder here. So looking at uh, your team, Andy, would 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 Whitley be the sort of right right sided uh, centre mid or or Aussie? Yeah, uh, Aussie, uh, Paul Barrett, um, Jim. There was yeah, again a, a decent squad, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if somebody wasn't in doing performing, then they they'd, they'd be out and and somebody else would come in. So yeah, probably between those those three and. Uh, who you who you thinking of for so for Rex Jones or Luke Luke Young? What are you thinking? I, th- I think it's got to be either, I think it's got to be Luke Young just because the amount of games he's played, the amount of played he's probably game played more games this season. He's the captain, so yeah. I think it, I think it's for me it's 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 Young against Whitley, um, um, and um, unfortunately you have to go first, Andy. So uh, who are you going for? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's. Probably again a real tight call. Probably a flip of the coin. I think Jim and they're very very similar. A lot of energy uh, covered, loads of ground. Uh, I've got good quality. Uh, both leaders again. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's a there's a great deal between them. I'd, I'd I'm going to be a, probably a bit nostalgic and, and go for Jim because uh, I think he just probably has that quality just a little bit more than than Young for me. Right. I'm going to go for Luke Young for the simple reason. I've been chasing Jim on this bloody pod for the last, for, I'd say, four months. And we keep making dates and, and he can, <laughs> I can never do them. So for that reason only, I'm going for Luke Young. Liam, not the, now, <laughs> uh, Liam, do you have an equally sort of... Um, Backhanded reason? No, I just think that for me, Luke Young seems to be a player that divides opinion, but he doesn't divide my opinion because I really rate him. Uh, really like his energy. There's been seasons when Wrexham haven't been doing quite so well, but he's always there pulling the strings at the heart of midfield. Uh, he's got a decent set piece on him, which perhaps we haven't seen as much of of late because there's a bit of a players there queuing up to take them. Um, Honours report yesterday, mate, from from Elliot Lee's side. Well, yeah, you know, say no more. But um, same as, you know, I think he's been asked to play a lot deeper under Parkinson as well, whereas we've seen before that he can score a lot of goals. He's got lots of different sides to his game. So I'm going to go Luke Young. Cool. Right. So we're going on to the other side. So it's a bit of a different because I think I think. Dennis's sort of promotion side was a very hardworking midfield unit. As you say, you know, they did they did Fergie's running. So I don't know if it's Paul Barrett or Ozzy who's going to be on the left. Probably probably Ozzy, or do we even go Scott Green, Andy? Yeah. Well, I think Scott came in for the last sort of 10 games, didn't he, or so, and um and and put, gave us the same sort of kick that that the boys have that have just come in now. So um it would have been again a mix of Paul Barrett or Ozzy. I would have thought on that side. So, yeah, probably Scott Green. If you if you go in, it's, it's tough in it because 
he only played 10 games or so, but he was the difference in us, in us getting over the line, that little bit of experience and um, know-how uh, and really two real important goals against Hartlepool as well that, that he scored to, again, get us over the line. Are you putting him above Elliot Lee, though? Now that's the thing. <laughs> um, because I think Elliot Lee has been, the fitter he's got, the better he's got uh, this season. Uh, I thought at the start of the season that when when he had probably the best debut seen in a Wrexham shirt for a long, long time, when he come on and scored two in the opening game, um, I think he's just, he's got better and better with the fitter that he's got the more he's played. He probably got a bit fortunate and unfortunate for Jordan with with his injury, but it he got a, a, a really good run in the team then, uh, and and he went from strength to strength. His quality is is brilliant. He's always looking to play with the strikers, which as a striker you, you'd love to play because you know he's he's coming with the ball and he's he, he's playing with you and, and involving you. And and so I I would I would probably go I would probably go Elliot Lee. I think. I think I would too, Liam. Any any um, any change? I'll, I'll give the the case for Scott Green just because. Well, my knowledge of players at that age wasn't great, and um, so Scott Green comes in. I'm sort of thinking, who's this fella? And I just thought for his for a man of his you know, like his gait and his size, like the way he was glided past players was just unbelievable. Really skillful, and I think it was no coincidence that you know when we went on that really really good run. He was really integral to that. So I'll give the case for Scott Green, albeit he's been outvoted. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's irrelevant anyway. You're 2-1 down. Um, <laughs> right, now we're getting to the nub of it. Who are we putting? Who are we putting? Who are we matching up this? Are we matching Morel and Palmer? Are we matching Trundle? Who do you want to, who do you want to be up against, Andy? <laughs> Nobody, none of them, really. <laughs> I'm quite happy on my own. I'll be so... Um, uh, no, it's. I think. I think you're up against uh, Palmer because that may that leaves a really hard decision at the end. Um, you're up against Palmer. Um, I'm gonna have to say. Oh, I'm gonna have to say that he, Palmer is great on his day, but sometimes he's off his game. Well, I think you in that season were never off your game. You know, running running down everything, scoring all those goals. Uh, for me, for me, it's Andy Morell. Um, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, by the yeah, way, Andy. If, if but... Palmer was on the podcast, the difference for me is that Palmer's a great player. Um, I, don't, I think for a tall lad, he plays a lot better with the ball in, into his feet. But it's just the way that sort of, I know it's hard to keep up a level of intensity throughout the course of a whole season, but he waxes and wanes a little bit for me. Um, and yeah, I think I just think I always say this about you, Andy, is just the different types of goal you could score. I think of that bullet header there's the famous picture of in the promotion season. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Morell for me. I think we've got uh, uh, some notes from you. Don't get to say anything on this, Andy, it is just you. Um, we'll be saying something in a sec. Go on, Tim. Have you got uh, a view on the last one? So it's Trundle or Morell. Oh, sorry, it's Trundle or Mullin. Yeah, it's an easy one. Um, it has to be Mullin, purely on the basis that he must have scored more goals than Trundle now. I know they're sort of both from the same neck of the woods, but um, as we all know, Trundle uh, left, went to Swansea, made an even bigger name for himself. 
whereas I don't see that really happening with Mullin. And um, he just seems to have cemented himself as a bit more of a hero, more so than Trundleton, which which is a hard task in itself, but he's, he's managed to do it. Um, and Truns has probably got the more trickery, the sort of street football about him. But the, the, I just think, you know, what you want from a goal scorer. Um, I think uh, Mullin's got a lot. And I'm pretty sure he scored more with his head than, than Truns. I don't remember Truns scoring many with his head. So I think as, a, as an all-round accomplished striker, it's going to have to be Paul Mullin. Cheers, uh, Tim. Now he's got to split. Huh? huh? Oh, God. Uh, yes, well, waited on you guys. Um, right, um, right, Liam, simple trundle or, or, or mulling? I've got to say a little bit because I think trundle's the sort of player that you'd, you'd pay to see if you get what I mean. You know, he'd produce m- moments of absolute brilliance. I'm thinking that. I think it was the game against Oxford where he got a hat trick in his first season. You think of things like that. He was an absolute magician. I just think Mullin edges it for me in that it's it's just the level of commitment and effort he puts in. And I think sort of fans are probably taken to him off the pitch as well as on it as well, if that makes sense. No, that does. And that's a big part of it. Uh, Andy? Well, what a four for your squad to start with. Do you know what I mean? I think what you know, I think you're winning the league with that four. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that Palmer's is, is a brilliant foil for Mullin, as was Truns for me, you know. And I think relationships between strikers are so so important and so key. And it looks like both pairings have got that. Do you know what I mean? They 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 work really well in tandem, and they make each other better because the other one's there, if you like, and. That's why um, that's why I would I would pick Truns because I think he was amazing and he's probably he probably um, set up thirty of my thirty four goals. So, um, however, I, I think Mullin is exactly like you, you've said. He he scores all types of goals. He's a pest. His probably game is a little bit more like mine than than Truns's, um, but he or mine was, <laughs> um, but he. Um, I think he's captured the imagination of the town, the, the, the fans. I think he's really led when not expected to, really. You look at your toesers and, and people like that to lead the team, but I think Mullin has led with the way that he's played more than his voice, probably. And 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 he is a very, very, very good player at, the, at this level. And to score 30 in three consecutive seasons, pretty much, is, is a no-mean feat in itself. Um, but... But on the back of that, you know, you look at Truns and what a career he did have and went on and some of the goals Truns scored, I don't, I don't think anybody saw coming and he was a joy to joy to play with because you knew exa- I knew exactly what he was going to do. So, I, that's, again, that, you, you're six of one, half a dozen of the other picking, whichever, isn't it? It's very, very difficult. Yeah, I think this is a toss of a coin, uh, but I just think for, for the legacy that Mullin will leave yes. coming down here... Scoring all those goals, hopefully getting us out of the league, uh, and being a figurehead for us, I, I think I think I'm going to edge towards Mullin. You could you could have played with Mullin though, couldn't you? I know you, you you're more similar, but you, you would have found a way, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I I felt um, the the older I got, the the better I became as 
a foil for other people. I could understand what their game was like and try and be the other part of that. If it meant me dropping in, I would do that or running in behind, I'd do that. So I'd try and find out what would make us work as a pair. Um, so I'd play, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play with him, to be fair. He, he's class, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, just just from what you've seen, what, what's he like? I mean, do you know him at all? I mean, just... You know, from even from watching him, what, what sort of what what what's his sort of best qualities? Well, I, I think he's infectious. His work rate is very very good. Um, you know, he leads from from the front. You know that when he's in your team, you've got a chance of scoring goals, um, which gives great confidence to to the rest of the squad. Um, and you know, he, he he looks like he's enjoying it. You know, which for me is the the, the 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 ace in the pack if you like because if you're enjoying your football and doing so well then then I think you've got life pretty good pretty sorted and um, he's certainly done that he's, he's bedded himself in into the community hasn't he at Wrexham they, the fans absolutely adore him because he, he plays well and, and is is one of them if you like and hopefully yeah like you say he can be the he can be the catalyst that that, that gets gets them out of the league and you you always need goals in your team and he's scored bundles of them. Let's zero in on that. So um, eight games left. Um, when you had eight games left, uh, you won them all. Um, <laughs> can this team do the same? Uh, and what sort of mentality does it take to do that? Um, it, it takes belief, it, um, which they have got in abundance, haven't they? They believe that they are they're a good team and they can they can win this league. I think that's really important. A plan which Parky's had put in place for, for nearly two years now. Um, and experience. And I think there's players in the group that, that have got promotions and uh, and have been there and done it. And and that's what I would look for in a group and, and Wrexham have got it. Competition for places. We've spoke about that already. They've got that. So I don't see any reason. I think the Notts County game, obviously everybody's talking about the Notts County game being the, the main one. If they, as long as they don't lose that, then I think the, the, the games that they've got are not easy, but no game is at this point. But the way that they've been playing, they will be thinking that they will be able to win them all. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you where do you think it might be won or indeed lost? Is is County the key one? I I think so. Um, okay, if if Wrexham win their game in hand, it's six points. Is it? Is that right? Um, yeah. And, but it only takes one slip up and Notts County to beat you, and you're back to square one, aren't you? So Notts County have to be relentless. I think. It's been a real key week of how they've reacted to their little mini slipper where they, they drew and, and lost and um, they got back to winning ways comfortably on, on the weekend. Um, so I think it's just going to be, again, blow for blow for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah. My, yeah. Uh, the other thing would be, which manager would you pick? Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> would you pick Parky or Dennis? Oh, I... I, I can I just say the the, the difference thing? De- Dennis did that team on a shoestring and and changed his whole sort of tactics around it to to make that that team work. So while you're right, the park he's got a really good plan and he sticks to it. I think Dennis was a little bit more adaptable and could maybe 
change things when when needed and you know a wealth of experience as well and you know for an ex-defender he loved attacking football and you know they did play they did play good stuff it's it's a hard one i'm gonna have to listen to what you guys think first you're Um, you're gonna go with dennis just because you're scared of him i think i think that's the main reason because he threatened to rip you what was he said he was gonna rip your head off don't reveal that on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay well pretend... hell don't make me go through that story <laughs> but it's so and, good and it though. was well it was deserved by the way <laughs> uh i i struggle to look past dennis just because of what he achieved in the in the in the face of adversity really i think someone was saying he went he was in the my squin the other week and just the stuff he was doing off the pitch as well as on it just to make sure the club was Keeping ticking from day to day, uh, I think it's just things like, like that. Like I've I've got a lot of respect for Phil Parkinson. I think when he first came in, some fans struggled to take to him, um, but you know he's implemented his game play really well, and you know the points average is ridiculous. But I I just can't look past that that promotion season and the uh, LDV trophy as well. It's just in terms of achievements for a Raxon manager, it's got to be him. Andy? Yeah, um, I, I really like the way Parky's got about his business and what I do like is his uh, really steady state of when he wins and when he loses. He doesn't get, he doesn't lose very often, but he really steady state, doesn't get overly up when they win and he doesn't get overly down. He's very, very on to the next one. And I think that's been really important with all the shenanigans that's gone on in, around the club in the past two years. He. I think he's certainly been able to keep a lid on all that side. However, I think Dennis, like you said, Andy, with where he's pulled that team from, I've got no idea. He's pulled them from Trinidad, who are nobodies really. He's pulled out lads that were ex-Premier League or ex-top division players that are come to the end of their career. He's just moulded them all together with legs and local lads as well around it and been able to create a culture at the club with with everything that was going on around it to to come out and be a very, very good footballing team and, and to get promotion. And after that, to go on and with all the adversity that he did have with the club and the way that it was being run to still win a, win a final in that, I'd have to, I'd have to put him as, as the gaffer, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I, after that, yeah, it, it makes it makes perfect sense to me. Owners, I think, is a is a, a foregone conclusion. We're all going to go Price Griffiths. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't... laughs> um, right. Um, just 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 sort of coming to the end because you know we don't want to keep you too long, Andy. And thanks very much again for your time. Perfect perfect way to have our hundredth for pod someone who's like really helped us and supported us through this we're really thankful um i've got to ask are you a better singer than lee trundle no uh no i I wouldn't yeah you would never get me singing uh, oh never mind uh on telly like like he does bless him did you know that was coming because i tell you what i was just sitting down watching it and going and going the elf trundle's doing the, the what is it the jeff astle role isn't it that's right that's right. No, I know no idea. You know, I know that he's got a lot of things going on. Trunds with his uh, with his ambassadorial role for for Swansea, and he's got a few things in pies and stuff down down that way. But uh, no, when I seen it on, I think it was Facebook, I first saw it. It's advertised from him, and blimey, what 
where's that come from sort of thing but uh, did he sing did he sing much but good luck not really not that i know of no no it was just yeah he was a very a brilliant character truns he was a, a great guy funny lad really funny lad and um and then one of the most skillful players that you'll you'll see you know run out on a football pitch yeah and finally from me um this american trip but the legends would you be interested in something like that uh, who wouldn't be? I think it would be a, the, the the right answer. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go. Um, I don't know what the criteria is for players and and being on it or or anything like that, or who's going. I've seen obviously the three or four lads that have already been mentioned uh, have been around or from the documentary. So, you know, I think you had others on, didn't you? About you know he was very coy about the the legend status but i think it's more that something than uh, than others but uh, yeah i think i think it'll be a mix of a lot of different things maybe maybe longer term ex players maybe re- more recent players maybe just a couple of names i don't really know but um, but yeah it'd be a i'm sure it'd be a fantastic trip it's just again it's just shows you where where this club is going and and the the reach it's got and it's been, you know, the 20,000 people have been at, at the stadium over the weekend. It's just ridiculous, you know what I mean, where it where it's going. And, and hopefully, you know, long may it continue. Brilliant. Just final one for me is, how does your gut see this last sort of seven, eight games going? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it um, before the York game, to be fair. And, you know, I'm desperate for the, for the club and the fans to get out of this league you know the so it's been so tough for the last so many years it's been fun the last year or two <laughs> to watch them and the ride that they've been on um but hopefully fingers crossed that the, they're so strong this year and I I just think that the the team is is relentless and in such a good place that I wasn't really that word, I think there's still twist and turn to, to be thrown in there, but I wasn't really worried about the the weekend game. I thought they'd be relatively comfortable through the game and, and win that. The tough ones are, are, you know, away that they've got they've got coming up. You know, maybe Halifax is a tricky one, Boreham Wood. You know, they're, they're and then obviously the big one at Notts County. So they're going to be a bit edgier, but I just think there's such a good place that I I, I believe for the last maybe month or so that they're, they're, they're going to get promoted. Right, you heard it here first. That is a verbal contract that Wrexham <laughs> now need to get promoted. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. You know, something seriously has gone wrong in the last six or seven games because they have been a machine for the first so many. And I think Notts County and Wrexham, if one of them wasn't there, I don't think the other team would have done so well. I think it's just been full pressure on from the other side. Every time that you've got a little lead, the other teams come back with another blow, so I think both teams have been a, a credit to their clubs for for the for the whole season. It's a shame that two can't two can't go up, but I, I still believe that the both teams are that far ahead of the others that whichever one doesn't go up, it will they will go up in the playoffs. Yeah, I think one thing that's come out of uh, County versus Wrexham is I think both of those squads are used to winning now, and I think that will hold them up in good stead. Uh, in the next league as well, and I do. I, I mean, there's there's someone's trying to manufacture rivalries between us and County. I don't see it as a rivalry. I see it as two 
two great clubs who both both deserve to to, to go up really. Yeah, here, here. Yeah. Andy Morel, thank you so much. No problem. So thanks very much to Andy Morell. Brilliant chat as, uh, as always. Loved doing that team. Uh, Liam, we didn't think about Kitman. Who's your favourite Kitman? Al the Kitman. Oh, came God. on the pitch for the celebrations after the trophy win. And I once yeah. interviewed him and found out about all his career in, I think it was printing or something like that. Fascinating. Oh, I mean, Al was one hands down. Right, prediction. <laughs> we got Oldham. Uh, Oldham at home on Saturday. Now, what Andy was sort of saying there about not being nervy about York, I wasn't nervous about York, and it's the first time, the first time in a while because I was bloody nervous away at, at Bromley. Um, I can see something similar happening at uh, home to Oldham. I think we'll win. I think it will be. I'd hope to think it's relatively comfortable. They were awful last time I saw them here uh, in the cup, and I'm hoping they haven't got much better. So I'm going to go two nil, Liam. Damn, stole my prediction as always. Uh, yeah. I'll go for I'll go one better than I'll go three 0 Why not? Our defence is looking mean at the minute, so yeah, three 0 Right, okay. Tim, all the way from uh, from Croatia, has gone three one, and it doesn't matter what Reese does because he never honours his uh, his his bets anyway. Uh, <laughs> so that is it for the hundredth. Well, do you think we'd ever get here, Liam? Now, to be honest, I didn't think we'd get to number 10. So, you know, we've done amazingly well, I think, there. Okay. Well, um, thanks for your vote of confidence there. And on, on that <laughs> bombshell, we will bid you good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Wrexham AFC.